0: Welcome to Choosing Leadership, and this is another episode of the Investor's Lens series with your host, Sumit Gupta. This series will look at leadership from the point of view of an investor or a VC. In each episode of this series, we will explore what traits, behaviors, or red flags investors see in their founders that they work with, and how founders evolve over time as they grow and become better leaders. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to create organizations where people get to do the work of their lives. Together, let us do our bit to create a world where all of us can show up as leaders. With that, let us get started. Subrata is the managing partner at Idea Capital Ventures and an alumnus of UC Berkeley Haas School of Business, IIT Delhi, and Jadavpur University. In the interview, Subrata shares his evolving view of leadership as he has transitioned from a corporate career to venture capital. He emphasizes the importance of being a good follower to become a good leader and adapting leadership styles to solve specific problems. He discusses the shift from authoritative leadership to a coaching approach and the growing significance of authenticity and purpose-driven leadership. Subrata also highlights the need for leaders to address global issues like climate change to improve human lives. He advises founders to be resilient, passionate, yet dispassionate and mindful in their decision-making while fostering a strong team culture and showing respect to team members. Hi, Subrata. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast.
1: Thank you, Sumit.
0: Appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today. To begin with, can you start by sharing who you are and what
1: do you do? So as introduced, I'm Subrata Bhatta. I am based out of Bangalore, India, and this is the city where I have spent my almost entire professional career, which is about 22, 23 years. In, based in Bangalore, but on and off to different places, including US and other cities. So I currently in venture capital. Before that, I was running my own startup, which was in. AI and IoT, and before that I was in my corporate stint, again, it was various domains and industries. So, as I said, I have about 20 to 23 years of professional career. I started working with ISRO, Indian Space Research Organization, as a classic visited officer that I was very early part of my professional career, and, and then moved on to Intel. Again, very different from space research to semiconductor, then moved to Parker Hanifin, which is into general engineering. And in Parker Hanifin, I spent probably the longest time within a company across the industry. And uh, so before I left Parker Hanifin, having spent about eight plus years, I was wearing probably multiple hats. So one of them was a country head for the division of business in India as well as a product leadership role at a global level. And key account or flagship account hit. So I was running about hundred plus million business globally. And then I decided to say goodbye, at least for time being, to the corporate world and wanted to start something on my own. And as I think Bangalore is really the hot spot, the hotbed for startups, right? So I did Jump into it and ran my own startup for about four, four and a half years, and then moved on to venture capital. So currently I run Idea Capital Ventures, where I'm the managing partner. We are an operational venture capital firm, which means that we not only deploy capital, but also help companies or portfolio companies operationally in terms of whatever help they need in terms of cracking a customer deal or hiring a key position so we want to participate in their weekly or bi-weekly stand-up meetings just play fly on the wall kind of role right not get into their affair but want to make sure that we have nuanced understanding of what's going on you know once you have that kind of understanding then only you can contribute to the real challenge the company what fully company might face right so that's the sort of idea and we are also trying to operate at the intersection of venture capital and private equity as that venture capital and private equity is mixed up these days. Yeah. Uh, and I think the overall thing is that how do you create value for the startups that you are working with and for the industry. So we do a lot of things for the industry as well, the larger ecosystem. So that's about it, right? right. I went to IIT Delhi. And then I'm also an alum of the Hospital of Business. Thank you. So that's my brief. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Sobratha, for sharing that. I think that's quite an impressive journey, right? From Mesro to corporate, to starting your own venture, and then to venture capital. Can you share how has your view of leadership evolved as you have taken these big jumps in your own life?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, actually. So to me, the leadership, right, I think one has to be a good follower to become a good leader, right? Unless you understand the the sort of nuances of being a good team player, a good follower, you cannot be a good leader, right? I think I always believe that. I think that's something which is very important. And then over a period of time, in the last probably one decade or so, I think the leadership has moved from being authoritative to being a coach kind of thing. And also I think one has to employ different styles of leadership to solve a particular problem or help ease a situation, right? So that is the, I think the primary change that I have observed that organizations are getting flatter how do you lead by example? I think that's also very important. How do you lead by influence? That's anyway the true meaning of leadership. Leadership is not a title. Right? Sometimes managers are given titles and they think that they are leaders. No, that may not be. The leader can be anybody. That right? who has the potential to lead a team for a common goal can be a good leader. I think with the advent of technology, I think that true definition has been more prominent than before. Otherwise, the leadership definition has been the same. And also, I think leaders are trying to find their true north, what's their sort of purpose, the authenticity, right? Everybody, I think that's why it's very difficult to define leadership because it's so, so vast and so unique in its own meaning, right? And that's what makes it more interesting also. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think there was a famous quote by one of the professors at Harvard, London Business School, and he said that if you want to silence a room full of executives, try ask this question: Why should anyone be led by you? I think that's one of the toughest questions that you can ask someone. But I think the leadership is obviously is raised with practice, right? Without practice, and I think failures are also part of leadership. You cannot be always successful, but how do you take it positively? I think that's very important. So those are the things I think I have seen over a period of time, the facets of literacy and I think the authenticity, mindfulness. So those are coming to the fore. And as we move forward, I think people would like to follow leaders who are authentic, who have a purpose right, purpose-driven, and really lead by example Yeah, for the organization, for the society, for the entire world. For example, the climate change, it's a global issue. Unless we think through and take a longer term view, really long, right, 30-40 years kind of thing, but we have to act now. It cannot be solved. So I think that is getting percolated at every level even at an organizational level or at a team level. So those are my sort of views as far as the the leadership evaluation is concerned. And I've experienced this myself over the last one decade or so.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, as you said, like leadership is quite broad. People evolve, leaders evolve. I think times also evolve, as you said, right? The definition of the role of the leader is much different today than maybe it used to be two decades ago. And you also raised the important point of true north or purpose. Can you share now with what you're trying to do today? What is your vision? What is that purpose that you're trying to take forward?
1: So in our firm, ID Capital Ventures, right? We always try to back founders or entrepreneurs who are purpose driven, right? So you obviously want to see what they're trying to solve uh, the problem at large, basically. So in fact, our sectoral focus, one of the sectoral focuses is basically the climate tech, and this is something which is very big, but then uh, even a small piece of the problem uh, can be very important to solve at this point in time, right? We cannot handle the overall, uh, the big picture in one go. So you have to break it down to multiple puzzles and then solve it beforehand, basically, before it gets out of control. So climate change is one of that kind of problems. And the health check is another because I think human beings are going to be living much longer. I think the average age, for example, in India, in my father's generation, it is to probably 45 to 50 years. In my generation, it's probably 70 to 73 years. In the U.S., it's probably 80, 82 years or so. Uh, and I think people are already predicting that people, human beings will be living on average 100 years. And probably 50 years down the line, probably why not 125 years or so. So health tech is something which is very important, right? It can be consumer health, healthcare, uh, It can be IoT-led health technology. So those kind of things, right? Again, a very purpose-driven kind of thing. What is the purpose? What is this problem that you are solving? Right? I think another thing we are also focused on is the metaverse, the deep technology piece of it, right? Because AI is going to solve a lot of problems for us. So what are you going to do? The efficiencies are increasing. Effectiveness is increasing. So with the help of technology, you will have a lot of time because you are 10x, 100x productive with the, with the tools available with you. So what are you going to do with your time, right? So probably you'll be spending some time in a virtual world. And how do you make sure that the virtual world is better than your physical world? For example, you have the problem of diversity and inclusion. We have been talking about it, but for all intents and purposes, it's not really effective. Can it be more effective than virtual world? Right? So there are obviously negative aspects also, but if we think through positively, then we can make it more effective. Again, the idea is to create a virtual world when we think about metaverse or related technologies to make sure how do you improve the human lives, the human capacity overall, the interactions that you can do virtually. All those kind of pieces, your mind games. So these are the kind of few examples where we truly believe that the purpose is something which is very important. And at IT Capital Ventures, we are very much practice what we preach.
0: Thank you for sharing these focus areas. I totally love that, that you have chosen that. At the same time, starting a new company... There is that purpose which guides you in a direction, but then there is also setting up a new business on its own, right? So there is an economic entity that you're setting up. And then with any challenges or any sector, but more so with the health tech or these like prominent sectors, which are the need of the hour, there are more chances of failure or there are more difficulties. So founders also have to be more resilient. So apart from purpose, what, else, what other pitfalls or traits do you look for in them or do you want them or do you help them with as they navigate their journey? Yeah,
1: sure. Excellent point, actually. I think you yourself mentioned resilience is something which is very important. We also look for quality, which is complementary in a sense. For example, one has to be passionate, Also, one has to be dispassionate. Let's say you're solving a problem. I think most of the startups founders are very passionate about the problem because this is the problem they have chosen. They have stayed with the problems for very long. They want to do something big out of it. All those kind of things. So I think almost 99.9% of the founders are very passionate. But then I think you also need to be very dispassionate at times. For example, when you're making a hiring decision, can you make it a little more data-driven? Rather than just getting somebody on board because he or she believes in your idea, because that's the kind of temptation founders tend to get, right? Somebody mm-hmm. wants to join you and say, Oh, my startup is doing good. That's why somebody wants to join. Mm-hmm. But can you push back a little bit and see if that decision is going to be driven or not? Right. So that is the dispassionate part. And mm-hmm. there could be other examples also. So one has to be very passionate at the same time. I think these complementary skills are going to be very important because one skill can be very effective. So you need to have the other side of it also, like day and night, both make it a perfect thing, right? So those kind of things. So mindfulness, another example, right? I think the leaders have to be very mindful. So you always expect our founders to be very mindful about their team, Investors, customers, vendors, anybody for that matter. Doesn't matter whether it's very young, senior, junior, doesn't matter, right? We have to get it mindful and have you thought through the problem that you're solving, whether it could be a very small problem or a big problem. With a lot of time, we see that people just try to solve it without thinking, without applying mind, right? Rationally, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, all those kind of things. So once you do that, I think then you get the real answer. Mm-hmm. And so the cases founders are in a position where they don't have enough data points, right? They, pro- they probably have 30%, 40%. So how do you make a perfect choice with such data points? Just 30 40%, not really 80%, 100%. So... That is another area where we feel that the founders should be very good at. Yeah. So these are the some of the skills that you tend to look for. The respect is the thing, right? Which Mm -hmm. I alluded to beforehand. That because when you run a startup and you get some success, you tend to think you are the top of the world, right? That's fine. But you also need to make sure that You are probably standing somebody else's shoulder and able to do something, right? So, and then your team members, everybody has played some role. That's why you're successful. So those kind of things, again, mindfulness, the respect, the due respect you, you give to people. And that sort of really makes a strong team. And that sort of also helps form a strong culture. I think every startup should have. We also try to advise them that try to form a culture first, right, mm-hmm. and then make it strong. Because if you don't have a culture, then it will form anyways, right? But if you want to have a particular culture in your it's better to form, yeah, and then give a sort of direction. So I think if founders are mindful of these kind of things, then culture slowly forms, and it gets the momentum. And that's really holds an organization together. Yeah. You see its customer, even the product value proposition are also part of the organizing culture, I believe, right? Whether you want to tolerate some quality issue or not, those are very important decisions, right? Somebody may say that, okay, we're okay with a little bit of defect in our product or our decision mm-hmm. service. But then another way to say that doesn't matter, it could be, you know, one case out of a million tolerate it, right? And we'll make sure that our customers get a strong message that we don't tolerate even a small fault in our service or product. So again, part of yeah. culture, right? Yeah. Uh, so those kind of things, we always try to encourage our founders that always look for yeah. long term kind of thing. While the short term quarter to quarter results are also important, but have a very long range vision. Average is probably three years, five years, that kind of thing. Not very long because, you know, what happens is for startups, I think the survival is very important. So uh, once you survive for three to five yeah. years and thrive within that time frame, I think then the next part of your journey becomes easier. Um, Absolutely. Try to have yeah. that kind of mid-range kind of three to five years. Uh, and uh, so we try to help them with these qualities. Yeah. Thank you for adding that. I think, as you very
0: rightly said, leadership like, is balancing a set of complementary skills. And right? it's not about what is right or wrong, but what is right at a given point in a given situation. And it's also a journey, right? It's not like that there is one instant when you become a leader. It's a journey where you evolve. So how have you found that founders actually invest in their own leadership development and grow on that part, right? Because it's dealing with successes, as you said, could be could trip you up, dealing with failures. And then constantly learning the different aspects that we just spoke about.
1: So when we decide to invest, we try to focus a lot on this, right? Because in our business, what happens is unless we invest in the right team, you know, it becomes a problem. So we tend to focus almost 70% on the team. So we talk to the founders, we talk to the senior leadership team are on the payroll, the salary people, but highly experienced and all. And also, we also dive down to the bottom layers of the organization, right? Engineer, analyst, mm-hmm. all those, we try to talk to them, try to figure out what's going on within the organization. So that's something we are very particular about and then Uh, We are also aware and mindful of the fact that you can't get a 100% fit, right? We are okay if we get 80-85% and we don't expect anybody to get 100%. If somebody is 95%, that's okay. So that gap, 80-85% that we try to find during our evaluation phase and then our aspiration level at 90-95%, that 10-15% to gap, we obviously try to coach that and one of the qualities we also try to see is whether the founders are coaching or not i think that's also very important let's say they're developing a product and we most of the cases we invest in early stage companies that means that the product market suite has just started or or it's in its initial phase let's say 30 40% PMF product market fit in any case product market fit is an evolving idea right you cannot have 100% uh, even at a growth stage, I think you are okay if you get a PMF of 70-75%. So at that level, when 30-35%, if the market doesn't support that product or idea, then you have to take a pivot and do something else, right? We have to de it and which is very painful for, for founders because, because they think that more features are better, but that's not the case, right? So you have to de declutter things, right? So we have to, we try to coach them, but ultimately the decisions are left to the founders because it's mm. their nature ultimately. But these are the ways we have got a framework that we try to follow. And some founders are more coachable, some founders are not, but we try to do. We focus on leadership a lot, actually, the general leadership, the financial leadership, all those kind of things. The culture formation, we try to tell them that Why are going to write On a piece of paper, that what are the sort of cultural attributes that you think you have or you'd like to have? And let it change over a period of time. You will never get it right in in the first or second iteration. But write it down, maybe five points or 10 points. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, Amazon has, I think, more than 12 or 13 uh, leadership or, yeah, leadership attributes, they call it, which is also the cultural part of it, right? Yeah. The leadership attributes and cultures are very strongly correlated. So those are the things we try to obviously do with founders. We have got a very strong framework, as I said, and we try to get the founders to go through that framework. And we have seen in our experience that some founders are pretty good. And we are also aware of the fact that sometimes founders find a way which could be better than our framework. And we are okay with that. Yeah. So that's something we also try and learn from from our founders. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. I love how much you
0: focus on leadership. I love the element of being coachable that you mentioned. And I absolutely, totally love that. Like many times, you also learn something from them and you have to be open and coachable yourself, right? So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs myself, a lot of founders myself. And many times I feel like I'm the biggest recipient of uh, knowledge or wisdom. Because I learned so much more than what I give back to them. That's such a humbling perspective. Learning is always there as long as you are open to learning. So thank you for adding that. And I'm totally glad that you focus on that when you decide to invest or when you work with people. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, I think there was a think, talk by Professor Deepak Malhotra at, at Harvard Business School. I think it was on YouTube. He gave it to one of the graduating classes at HBS. And he gave an example of his judo class or karate class. And his coach, one of the coaches was, I mean, he thought he was pretty bad. He would knock him down most of the times and he he would get badly hurt. But later on, when he saw it in hindsight and he felt that you can learn as much from a bad teacher, learn as much from a bad teacher, as you could from a good teacher, if you are open to the idea of learning, as you could from a good teacher, if you are open to the idea of learning. So yeah, to your point, absolutely. I think we need to keep our ears and minds open.
0: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And we could continue talking about this forever, but we also have to wrap this up. So for anybody who is listening, who wants to find out more about what you're doing or wants to reach out to you, maybe send you a pitch or something, what is the best way for
1: people to reach out to you? So LinkedIn is probably the best way, right? And I do get a lot of messages on LinkedIn. And so my LinkedIn is the handling Subrata Patra one, numeric one. And if you just search me Subrata Patra ID capital, you would get me. You could drop me a message on LinkedIn. And also in my LinkedIn summary, there's an email ID mentioned, subrata Uh at berkeley.edu. Because I'm an alum of Berkeley, University of California, Berkeley. So they gave me an email ID, which I use uh, for for general purpose. I also use my official email ID. So Uh if I find it interesting, then I would obviously share my official email ID where you connect at a later level.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Sabrata, for everything that you do, for sharing your story and, and sharing your perspectives on leadership. I think that is so much needed in the world today. And I, will, I want to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you.
1: Thank you so much, Sumit. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning pride and satisfaction. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. If you like the sound of it, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs ups, ratings and reviews mean a lot to me and my team. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit and until next time, keep choosing leadership.